Coming up next on the Digital Marketer Podcast. And so we're taught to set goals based on the scoreboard. And again, the challenge is we cannot control the scoreboard. What we can control are our behaviors, the intentions that we first set, our habits, and our effort. This is Digital Marketer. Hey, it's Marky Grass here, and I've got a question for you. What if you could legally get the emails of almost every person who visits your site? Seriously, what if you could safely and respectfully retarget your website visitors via email just by dropping a pixel onto your site? It might sound too good to be true, but our new sponsors at getemails.com can do just that. They've created a system that's compliant with U.S. laws and regulations, and every email address they send you is opted in to receive emails. So that means that you can connect your anonymous website visitors to real people and safely retarget them through email with real-time, fully compliant interactions. It might sound too good to be true, but trust me, it works. The CEO, Adam Robinson, is brilliant. And he believes in his product so much that he's willing to do something a little crazy for digital marketer listeners. If you go through their easy 30-minute onboarding process and haven't 5X your investment within the first six months, they'll give you all of your money back. To take advantage of the offer, go to getemails.com slash digitalmarketer. That's getemails.com slash digitalmarketer. Hey, DM listeners, I've been running my own business since I was 17, and I found that nothing slows down entrepreneurs more than this one pesky question, and that's what do I do next? And left unanswered, you find yourself stuck far below your potential, jumping from one shiny object to the next, perpetually wondering why other businesses are growing and yours is stuck. So that's why Scalable has put together the seven levels of scale framework. We'll give you the shortest path possible to go from a struggling startup to a high profit, high impact, exitable business that'll give you the wealth and freedom you deserve. So stop wondering what to do next and take our free three-minute assessment today at getscalable.com slash DM. That's getscalable.com slash DM. And you can download a free guide to show you what level of scale you're currently at and how you can scale quickly and profitably to the next. Hi, DM listeners. You have a LinkedIn profile, right? But are you actually using it to generate new business? Survey says probably not. I'm Mandy McEwen, your digital marketer podcast co-host, Mod Girl Marketing Founder, and LinkedIn Nerd. Now, if you're like most professionals, you aren't exactly sure how to use LinkedIn to get results. And that's where I come in. I've trained thousands of professionals and enterprise teams on how to maximize LinkedIn. And I've narrowed down the key steps that lead to real results on LinkedIn and put them in a quick checklist that takes less than 30 minutes a day to complete. You can go to modgirl.info slash DM to start using it. Again, that's modgirl.info slash DM. Hey guys, welcome to the Digital Marketer Podcast. I'm Mark DeGrasse, the host of the podcast and also the president of Digital Marketer. Today we have a very special guest, Cletus Coffee. He is the founder of Recovering Athlete, an awesome organization that helps former athlete, athletes kind of expand their business potential and figure out what they're going to do after they retire from sport. So welcome, Cletus. Mark, so good to have the opportunity to connect with you here on the podcast and as a, as a member of the digital marketer community. I'm grateful for the opportunity to, to connect with you and, and uh, with everyone else listening in. Appreciate being here. 
Awesome. Well, I think if, if you haven't looked at his website, it's just uh, cleascoffee.com. He's done a phenomenal job kind of uh, defining his niche, uh, really speaking to a specific uh, audience. And I think he has a lot to share on, you know, how these people could actually grow after they left their sport. So how many people do you think you've actually helped kind of transition from that, you know, athletic career to post-athletic career? Yeah. So, you know, I originally started this journey uh, connecting to current athletes because, you know, I wanted to be able to help people like myself. That was kind of my niche, initial idea on like, how can I niche out a business? Well, I want to connect with athletes. I like working with athletes. Let's go that route. And slowly but surely, and we can get into this a little bit deeper, but I really began to understand a little bit more of where there was opportunity and where the gaps lied. And that was with athletes who once they quote unquote retire and most retire generally at the, the grand scheme of things most retire at the high school level right they're, they're <laughs> no longer moving on but then those who i most serve are in the collegiate olympic professional level you know they're they're done playing and most of us retire not when we want to but when the sport or injuries or uh, what have you tells us that uh, your time is done and so i, I just i really started to attract to that that group of people are saying, they're throwing their, their hands up saying, I need help. I, I'm not sure where to go. I don't know what to do. And there was not a lot of resources. There still isn't a whole lot of resources to help former athletes in that transition. And so I thought there's an opportunity and I want to jump in on it. That's awesome. So are you actually utilizing their following from their athletic career to kind of uh, pivot into what types of businesses? Are they, are they mainly influencers or... Are they starting marketing businesses or, or how's that work? Yeah. So at this point, having been able to serve athletes on all different levels, I'm not, not quite at the, the 400 number level yet, but you know, I started my business out really just doing one-on-one. This is where I, in order for me to, to get off the ground, get my feet wet. So I was doing one-on-one consultations. Then I was doing some little mini boot camps just to A, cut my teeth, one, develop my content and get an idea of what the marketplace wanted. What are they looking for? What questions do they have? And where could I best serve them? And so meeting them where they're at, knowing that there's a lot of resources, even in schools and in colleges that help athletes with how to get internship, how to write a resume, how to get a job. And I didn't want to go be that because there was already resources with schools and universities that have a lot bigger budget than I do. I wanted to talk to the athlete like myself, because I, as a former athlete in my transition to life after sports, struggled mightily for a good decade. Wow. And I bounced around from job to job. Nothing was fulfilling. Nothing gave me that high that sports once did running out of the tunnel, fans cheering for me, people asking me for tickets to the game, the training, the team, the structure, the playbooks, like all the things that we're given. And as athletes, we just have to step in and execute. I couldn't find that in my first job post sports, which was parking cars. I didn't find it in the sales jobs because Cletus, you're an athlete. You know how to set goals. You know how to compete. You can be a good salesperson. Oh, awesome. So I jumped into sales and it didn't, it, I, I sucked and nothing was, I wasn't good. And it didn't turn me on. It didn't give me the same feeling. I'm sitting in a cube, make, you know, dialing for dollars, trying to make sales. And it just wasn't aligning for me. So I bounced around from job to job until I got a taste of entrepreneurship. That's where I was like, wow, now I feel like myself again. I can put, you know, put it on my shoulders, 
I'm responsible. I can go train. I, I can set goals. I can create a playbook. And I can go out and compete to be the best that I can be in this business. The challenge was, Mark, I didn't know any entrepreneurs. I had never started a business, never run a business, and failed miserably. Primarily because I jumped into the financial space. Yeah. Why? This was so my first business was kind of 03, 04. The uh, mortgage business was going crazy. I jumped into commercial finance. I was uh, helped finance commercial buildings, and I, I couldn't help but jump into the residential space because it was going gangbusters. And of course, 08, 09 financial great recession hits, I lost everything. Mm -hmm. And that started a number, number of ideas. So let me start a business and failing that and wondering what is wrong with me? How come I can't seem to figure this out? And so what I found is a lot of other former athletes leave either the collegiate level, the professional, the Olympic level, and they're stumbling and falling and tripping because sports has put a lot of hurdles in our way that we're not even aware of. And I didn't understand things like athlete identity addiction, which I suffered through mightily through that first decade. I didn't understand those things. And so bringing those to individuals who, and it's challenging, you know, the professional athletes who have people doting on them all the time, people coming to them with business opportunities. And it's like, okay, I'll jump into crypto. Why not? It's hot. I'll jump into this real estate deal, not knowing a thing about crypto, not studying, not learning, not knowing anything about real estate, not knowing anything about this supplement line that, hey, I'm in professional sports. I'm able to jump and you know, invest in the supplement line. And what happens? They lose money constantly. Those opportunities go away because they haven't built themselves up for built that foundation to understand what am I passionate about? What what does where do my skill sets align with? And so those are the, you know, the athletes that are coming to me is we gotta strip all that stuff down and get to the foundation first to understand. Where can you step into and, and actually feel good and feel fulfilled and have a passion, have the skill sets to get into that may be brick and mortar, that may be infopreneur, that may be influencer, but it's really, there's a lot of work that needs to be done with former athletes first before we, you know, we dive into what that next step is. That's super interesting. Cause I think for, you know, you talk specifically about athletes, but I think most small business owners or people who want to have a small business, that's what they face too, where it's like, well, I tried this, I tried the MLM. And then I was a real estate agent and then, and they go into like this, these stages without actually going through that, you know, personal development that you're talking about. And that's super interesting. I'd never heard of the, what was it? Athlete addiction syndrome? Athlete identity addiction. Wow. Yes. Yeah. And lots of studies coming out around that primarily because athletes, we have gone through a, a period in life where we've performed at an elite level at whatever level you got to, wherever you competed at, you reached your highest potential and you had intermittent states of being in the flow, right? You've, for those of you that don't know the term flow, it's it's where the, the game kind of slows down and all of a sudden it's, it's easier and you've got this moment of everything's working and you want to get back to that. Yeah. How do I get back to that place in the state of flow becomes an addiction and you get addicted to people cheering for you, clapping for you, you walk in the door and even as high schoolers, Mm -hmm. college coaches come to campuses, go, we want you come to our school, look at our amazing stuff. And we get addicted to that want, that wantedness, mm -hmm. want us. But when the game ends, people don't want us anymore. They're not calling us. They're not recruiting us. They're not asking us, Hey, what do you, you know, 
what, what's going on with the game now? It's that stuff goes away, and that that's where the darkness starts to set in for a lot of former athletes. I'd imagine. Well, and for them, not just the the fans and the people adoring them, but for football players or any of those you know bigger sports, you have a lot of support. You have the physical trainer. You have the defense coach, the offensive coach. You have all these people that are focused on just your development. And then that stops, like you were saying. And how do you get back to that or, or just learn to, to live without it? And I think that's where, where you come in and say, hey, here's what to do next. So just for somebody saying recovering from that, like, hey, I got a knee injury, can't play my sport anymore. Got a degree from the college that I was playing for. You know, what was the first step you take with that person who's kind of shell-shocked and what do I do next? So, and this is, this is fascinating because the, a lot of the universities, when, you know, kind of our, our age demographic, Mark, they used to recruit guys like us and, and gals like us saying, uh, hey, look at our graduation rate. We graduate. And they tell parents of high school students, we graduate X percentage. And it's usually a high number. And what they're learning now is, they're measuring the wrong thing because student athletes are graduating, ra- waving their diploma saying, what next coach? What next <laughs> athletic department? What next NFL Players Association, Major League Players Association? What do I do now? And so really the first step is sports put a lot of hurdles in our way. And if you're listening to the podcast here and, and you're able to relate to this, but you're not an athlete, please understand that that's the, the value of the way in which I niche this out, because this this can relate to if you're a veteran of our of our military. If you, I talk to a lot of uh, uh, concert musicians. Uh, hmm. You know, they were raised as a concert pianist or a violinist, and then that goes away. There's just it, people can relate to this at really any level. I niched out because it's my community. I, I get it. I can talk this talk through the language of sport. And so with a former athlete, we have to peel back some of the layers that were put in our way. One of the biggest ones is the scoreboard. Mm-hmm. So we do this, the self-awareness work and the scoreboard's a big piece of this because we were, we were taught as athletes to measure ourselves based on the scoreboard. If we won, people love us. People want to talk to us. People are excited. If we lost, coaches are mad at us. People are like bummed for us. Everyone's sad. And we begin to attach our self-worth to the scoreboard. So when we're doing well, we feel good. We're excited. We're, we're feeling uh, enthusiastic and excited. And when we're losing, you know, what's wrong with us? And so we take that mentality, which we were taught at a very early age, prime example, parents, if any of you have children, when they walk in the door from a game, please don't ask them, did you win <laughs> or how'd you do? Because it immediately goes to the scoreboard. So you're training a young person at early age that, when I walk through the door, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm valued based on did I win, did I lose, versus what type of effort did I put into this, what, what, what type of body of work, you know, it's the process over, over the results, and so taking your eyes off the scoreboard is a really big thing with former athletes to get them to stop looking at, okay, now I've transitioned into life after sports, I'm not getting the results that I want like I used to have, and what's wrong with me. And so thus the anxiety, the depression, all that stress sets in on an athlete when in fact, you're staring at the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. Let's focus on the effort, the process first. The results as former Stanford Cardinal and 
San Francisco 49er head coach Bill Walsh once said, the score will take care of itself. Focus on the process. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, I think yeah, I, I played a little in college. I was a water polo player. And it was, you know, when I got to college, it ended up being six hours a day of training and then school. And then I couldn't have a job. <laughs> right. But I think it, it was definitely a transition from being told what to do all the time. Be here at this time, go run this, go work out for this long and, and so on and so forth. And then zero instruction after that. And you're just left with your own. I will say, though, that I think because I always look at well, what was the value of that experience. And for me, it was just the discipline to do the work, which a lot of people have to learn because they've never had to to work that hard. So when you're working with athletes, do you find that that's they're very responsive to both direction and then also just buckling down and doing the stuff? Yeah, in fact, it's the athlete DNA. And that's what separates you, know, you and I as former athletes from others that, that didn't compete in athletics because... I can, I understand, I mean, I know your sport, never played water polo or, you know, I was never a competitive golf or anything like that, but I know the blood, the sweat, the tears, the, the drive, the discipline, the habits, the behaviors that are necessary to compete in sport. And so I can connect with you on that level. And that's why I focus really hard on this niche because I know I can help individuals get results because I, I understand you. And through the language of sport, we can connect. And our athlete DNA, if I can help you tap into that in life after sports, I'm going to help you get results and the success that you want because it's already inside of us. It's just, it's just tapping into it. So absolutely, they have that, that element that I love to work with. That's awesome. So uh, just in terms of what you do for them, do you kind of sit down with them, figure out just their, I'm guessing what they're good at, what they're interested in, and then do you actually help formulate their businesses? Yeah, so really, uh, there are a lot of them are coming at, at um, different phases of life. And generally, I don't start working with athletes until they're about five years removed from at least their collegiate sport. Why is that? Because they've taken lumps at that point. They have left their sport. And uh, if it's on the, on the college level, uh, university, they've, they've left and they've jumped into a job because society told them to go get a job. And maybe because they need it, of course, or they want to cut their teeth and, and learn things. But now they've had it some time to say, okay, hold on a second. <laughs> I want to go back to the field or the court or the pool because uh, that's where I felt like myself. And so it's five years removed, allows them to have a little bit of that life experience. And now they're saying, okay, I know I can make a greater impact in life, just like I did in sports. I just don't know how to do it. So some are coming to me, not just five, but many years removed from their last competitive uh, comp you know, uh, year of, of being a sport, of being an athlete, and are saying, hey, look, I want to start something that matters. I want to start something that's impactful. So they're coming to me ready to, to launch their business. Others are coming to me already in, in the flow. I've started my business, but Cletus, I don't like it. It doesn't align with me. It's not fulfilling. And so we can help them rewire that and and find find the excitement, find the passion, find the, the motivation within that business, or we help you know help them pivot. So they're coming into me either having started a business or not, and or they're they're waving their hands just like they did leaving sports, saying I don't know when to go, I don't know where to start. So we work through the transition as, aspect to get them in position 
if they so choose to to start something that's meaningful and, and that matters in the business. I think that's well, something that everybody needs. And just in regards to athletics, again, is that the goal setting I know is is hugely important to keeping your eye on the prize and then also just getting there in the first place. So in regards to kind of transitioning from that kind of athletic goal to now financial or, you know, success wise, how, how do you help them set those goals? All right. So us as athletes, we're taught again to set goals based on the scoreboard. So we're going to win the championship this year. I'm going to score this many points per game. I'm going to win this many races. I'm going to run this time. And so we're taught to set goals based on the scoreboard. And again, the challenge is we cannot control the scoreboard. What we can control are our behaviors, the intentions that we first set, our habits, and our effort. So when we set goals, we, uh, we, we definitely identify, okay, what is the, the end result, okay, end in mind? What do you want to have? I want to achieve a six-figure business. Okay, awesome. That's what we know. That's, that's the scoreboard. What we know is we can't control that. So now let's back into it. So what's the effort that's going to be required to achieve a six-figure business or a seven-figure business or this many clients? And so we map out the effort. Okay, what's that effort look like on a weekly basis or on a daily basis? Now, Mark, this sounds like common sense, right? But common sense is not always common practice. And so I back into it based on their sport. So let's say they are the basketball player. They want to score X many points per game. And I say, look, just like when you were shooting hoops, you said, okay, look, I need to get a thousand shots up a day. So I need to be, you know, in the gym five days a week uh, or spending extra time with the coach on, on a daily basis, getting my shots up. All right, cool. So there's, there's our effort goals. Now, what are the habits that are going to be required to get that? Well, I need to get in the habit of getting up at 6 a.m. to get in the gym to get extra shots up. All right, well, what's the behavior that is required for you to have that type of habit. Okay, well, the behavior that I'm going to need in order to be someone that can get to the gym at 6 a.m. to get up a thousand extra shots per day is, is someone who is uh, open to growth, open to putting in the, the little, the, the, the little, you know, Kobe Bryant talks about the fundamentals. I want to be a fundamental type behavior mentality type individual. So we back into it, setting those end result goals, effort, habits, behaviors. So if we can get in the type of mindset and develop the behaviors and the habits to put in the effort, the results can't help but manifest. Oh, that's awesome. So in terms of, you know, say somebody who's now five years out of sports, do you see a difference between the ones that have kind of, I hate to say, blown it, <laughs> but who may have made some money in their sport? and then lost it all and are now coming to you for help versus the ones that maybe just weren't paid that much for their sport and are starting at the bottom. Those two groups, I imagine, are really different because entrepreneurs would usually say like, oh, my business would be huge if I just had a million dollars to invest in advertising. Do you start those two people at different points or is it kind of the same program no matter you know where they financially are right now? Generally, they're going to start at the same foundational work. I call it the rise of the former athlete. And the rise of the former athlete is regardless if you are that individual who made the money and lost it all and is starting over, there are some hurdles that were that are in your way, the, the way in which you approach things that we need to, to rewire and rework. And so there's some foundational self-awareness pieces uh, to understand that, okay, I like, for example, when I started my first business, I got on the financial space. Why? Because I was chasing money. 
it's not because of what I was good at, what I was passionate about, the skills that I had. And so we have to work those things out with athletes because there's a lot of transferable skills through sports. And if success leaves clues, we got to dip back into them as the athlete. Okay. What, what was about your body of work there that was successful? What wasn't successful? So let's pull that into the present and start to align it with you know, who you are and what you do and what the marketplace has to say about you. And this is the biggest thing that I feel that, again, my, my clientele comes into me and says, I want to start this business. And, or I started this business and it, and it failed. And we go through this foundational work of self-awareness. And one of the biggest questions they, they fail to ask is, what do people come to ask me for advice on? And that's usually a huge clue. Because I'll tell you, when I first started my, you know, I was in a financial space, but yet everyone was coming to me to talk to me about nutrition, exercise, <laughs> speed, agility. And I love that stuff, right? And so I talk about it all day. And then I'd slug myself to my office in a financial space going, why did I ever start this business? I'm not very good at it. I don't like it. And I was missing the, the, the big flag that was being waved at me, which was what were people coming to ask me for advice on? Because that's, that's the energy that we're giving off. Those are the clues that people are attracted to that we have to, to identify. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's a big part of, you know, you say all these things in terms of the athletes, but it's every single person <laughs> needs all of these Absolutely. components. But the fact that, you know, you, well, you have the experience. And I think a lot of people just kind of shrug that off. Like, yeah, I did this before and I was good at it, but I'm, you know, evolving myself. And so I'm going to kind of ignore that versus just accept it, move forward and probably enjoy your life and your your work a lot more. So I think that's that's huge advice to give any of these people. In regards to, you know, your books, did you come up with those topics that, you know, kind of just reflect how you transitioned yourself? Or do you have some case studies within there that you've seen, okay, we use the program, the rise of the athlete or rise of the former athlete, and these people have just killed it, you know, in terms of executing your plans. Hey, Ryan Dice here. You know, it's been a while since I've run the day-to-day -day for Digital Marketer, the company that Roland and I are partners in. Fortunately, we have a great team and great partners who help us with all that nitty-gritty stuff now. But the one thing that we focused on while I was there and the one thing the team still focuses on to this day is optimizing everything. I'm talking testing everything from the sales copy to the color of the checkout button. Testing like this can have a huge impact on your bottom line, but the truth is it takes a lot of time and a lot of resources. And half the time, we were just throwing stuff against the wall just to kind of see what stuck. But the good news is you don't have to figure everything out on your own anymore. And that's because our friends at Conversion Fanatics have optimized hundreds of sites in all types of industries from small startups to Fortune 500s. And now they can handle all your testing and optimization for you too. So if you feel stuck when it comes to optimizing your website, go and visit conversionfanatics.com and they'll give you a list of custom suggestions to optimize your site 100% free. Once again, you can find them at conversionfanatics.com. Yeah, definitely. This was through lots of Q&A, me, me asking uh, former athletes what they're looking for. And of course, those that have gone through my program, you know, I, I have, uh, for example, uh, one woman who's a, a Duke basketball alumni. And when we think about basketball, we think about 
you know, the Cameron crazies and Duke arena. I mean, she played at one of the highest played the national championship in the, in here in the States in, in the NCAA basketball tournament. And so she had been at the highest of the highest and she immediately graduated and just did what kind of a lot of other athletes tend to do is I'll just go be a coach. I don't know what else to do. And the challenge is, is we have foreclosed on an identity. It's called athlete identity foreclosure. Huh. And we're taught through, through sport. Hey, especially as we, as we start to play at higher levels, college professional, uh, focus on your game, block out all distractions, give all, you know, be all in on your sport. When I'm all in on my sport, I'm not exploring other elements of me. And so you know, as an athlete, and I say this back when we were doing a lot of live workshops, but and I'll ask athletes of all ages, you know, current, younger, you know, younger, current, collegiate, professional, retired, how many of you consider yourself an athlete? Every hand goes up in the room. And I said, no, you are not an athlete. You never were an athlete. That's what you did. That's not who you are. And yet we had aligned who we are with this identity. And when that identity goes away, we lose sense of self. We don't know who we are. And so, you know, I'll take the example of my, my Duke basketball player where she, she said, hey, you know, I just went into coaching because that's just what I identified with and was a very successful coach. But 10 years into coaching in, in collegiate basketball, she thought, I don't like this isn't for me. I love the impact of, of the, the, the girls that I coach and the women that are in my program, but there's more to me than this. So she retired from coaching and luckily we connected and launched into, okay, what are my next steps? Because this is all I've known. And so having to, to peel back the layers of the athlete and get into the core of who are you? Who are you now? Most of us athletes haven't asked that question of ourselves. I know I didn't. I just rolled right into, okay, what's the next step? And the cliche thing was, go be a, a gym teacher and coach. <laughs> now, I, I bless our gym teachers. And I, for those of you that, that do that, thank you for your contributions to our youth. It just didn't align with me. So that was you know, a lot of work. And, and in fact, you know what? TNC, just this last year, 2021, we had an entrepreneur athlete on stage, Magic Johnson. And, you know, Magic Johnson told a very similar story. Now, he, more than many of us, went to Mr. Jerry Buss, who was the owner of the Lakers at the time. He tells this story, told it on stage, where he said, you know, Jerry, I want to learn about business. And Jerry said, no, you need to go read this Wall Street Journal cover to cover. I'm going to ask you questions. And when you come back, if, if you answer them correctly, then I'll, I'll even just I'll even talk to you. Well, most athletes don't take that process to start identifying what's my next step until it's until it's gone. We all can't be Tom Brady and write it <laughs> off until we say it's time. You know, and you can see if, if you've if been following his brands and his his marketing, he's already preparing for the next step. It's already in motion. So it's it's the challenge that a lot of us face is we haven't prepared ourselves. And Magic talks about, I mean, he niched out. He talks about you know, his biggest businesses. He went into the community that he knew and he understood, the black community, and started his, his movie theater, started his Starbucks to serve people that he could resonate with, that, un, that he understood. And my goodness, I mean, the guy's 
a great, great benchmark for a lot of former athletes on what's possible. That's amazing. I I, I actually was going to mention that because at the TNC event, he, well, the other part that I liked about what he said was that he talked about the team too. You know, it wasn't just Mm -hmm. him having to do the business. It was him surrounding himself with professionals and and people who knew everything he didn't in order to, to execute his plans. And I think well, that's kind of reflective of being an athlete, right? Because you have a team, you have a coach and the other helpers that are involved with the team and you rely on them to tell you what to do. And I think he kind of, he, he definitely started a little ahead, <laughs> but there's no reason right. why he couldn't be like anybody else and just disappear, you know, versus starting all the businesses that he did and, and was so successful with. And he continues and, to do it, you know. He, he does. And I'll say this, here in the U.S., we love our athletes and we love our athlete stories. And so if you are a former athlete, you don't have to have been Magic Johnson. I mean, we all have the tools now, social media wise, where we can, we use the same tools that Magic does or Tom Brady does, et cetera. And we just need to tell our story. We just need to, to, to get it out there and have the courage to tell our story because people are going to connect with it regardless of whether you played high school ball, you were maybe you're just a, a recreational, you know, athlete. It, it doesn't matter. People can connect with your stories, the ups, the downs, the mistakes, the setbacks, the successes, the blood, the sweat, the tears. We need to get the courage to get out and share our story. That's fantastic. So if people want to find out, you know, former athletes, but I, I think just anyone who your your system works, <laughs> you know, from uh, what I've seen and all the stories you've told, how can they find out more information and whether they're athletes or not, just about how to learn from you. Yeah, definitely. And, and of course, my, my niche is on former athletes. But it, if, you, if you listen to this, you know, it, it can connect with people of all, you know, all abilities, all activities. It, it doesn't matter. But again, athletes is something that I know and I get and I understand the athlete DNA. But CletusCoffee.com is, is a great place to go if you want to start in the journey. If you just go to CletusCoffee.com forward slash playbook, that'll get you some of the some of the, the, the topics that we addressed here on the self-awareness and understanding where I can find my passion and align it with the work that I do. Athlete Business U is is our upcoming group coaching program that, that we're launching. And that's it's really for a lot of athletes who are trying to find their passion or wanting to start their business. It's a great introductory group. So at CletusCoffee.com, you go to Athlete Business U, you'll find how you can get access to, to get us started, get started with us. That's great. So you guys check it out. Cletus, thank you for coming on the show. I think you've, uh, you know, exemplified what we always talk about digital marketer in terms of finding your niche and uh, being passionate <laughs> about what you're actually selling. And also just your story about going through the process of figuring that out. Cause I think a lot of people, you know, either think they're doing something wrong and what they really need is just to figure out a plan or an advisor who could show them the right direction. So thank you for, for being that for so many people. And thank you for being on the show. I'll I'll tell you this, Mark, but before I close out here, had it not been for digital marketer, I don't know that I would be in the place I'm at right now. You and the, the, the team and the content has been, I didn't know I was green as grass (laughs) in marketing joining uh, digital marketer and my goodness, I now have sales funnels and landing pages and copy and all the all that. It's been an incredible piece to to my journey and my puzzle. So thank you for uh, allowing me to be part of the actual digital market community and of course be on the podcast. Thanks so much, Mark.
Oh, thanks again. And that's that's the exact story we, we like to hear because I think it's possible for anybody to make that big change and find their passion and execute a business that they want. And thanks to digital marketing, it's it's possible now without having to start at Magic Johnson level, <laughs> which is good. Exactly. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Tune back in often. We're creating more and more shows every single week. And if you like, you know, marketing content and learning about specific marketers that are, are really killing it, then tune back in soon. Hey, DM listeners, if you're running a Black Friday or Cyber Monday special, listen up, because Digital Marketer just released our Canva holiday promo pack. It includes almost 200 templates that you can use to make the graphics for all your upcoming holiday specials and three unique design themes for each holiday. The promo pack is usually $27, but you can get it today for free. Check the show notes for the link to download, or you can go directly to digitalmarketer.com forward slash LP forward slash holiday templates. That's digitalmarketer.com forward slash LP forward slash holiday templates.